Hello, Steve. Hello, Adam. <laughs> we are uh, back with another edition of our podcast, Through the Lens of Christ. And these have been, we've, we've only, I think we're, this is like our seventh one, I think, at this point. And um, we've both enjoyed ourselves. Mm-hmm. These have been really good conversations. Um, um, often, I think every one, we've felt like 20 minutes has not been enough. Yes. Right? We, there's certainly other things that we could talk about. And I think that's one thing that we've, as we're trying to learn how to do this most effectively, it's one thing that we've both said. We lead these conversations and we go, well, I wish I talked about this or we could have uh, delved deeper into this point. And mm-hmm. that's really want, what we want these conversations to be about is some of the things that maybe we wouldn't get into. We've gotten into some more difficult topics, which is good. Um, but even just more deeply, how do we dig into our faith? How do we understand practically how to live? And just, it, we're not going to come away often with a, you should do this, but it's really just, how do we think? How do we process information? Sure. Um, and so uh, what we're going to talk about for this one and the next one are topics that came out of our conversations from the, the from the last week. Um, we talked about um, Albert Moeller's book, uh, The Gathering Storm, and uh, two of the chapters were on the, the secularization of Western civilization and then also how that impacts the church. Yes. And so as we left the, both those conversations, we felt like there were two topics that we could really dig into. Um, and so... For this podcast, we're going to talk about the aspect of love. What is love? Um, both from a, a secular perspective, what are we trained to think? And then also from a biblical perspective. Um, and then the second one we're going to lead that into, once we define what love is, or at least think about it more fully, what does that mean to be the church in these difficult times? Sure. So that's where we're going to start on this idea of what is love. And I think it'd be good for us to start with not necessarily a biblical definition, but a, but a common definition like what do we what do we normally think of what does society teach us about what is love well that's a good question so so here we are again just with a off-the-cuff conversation working this out together as we as we speak we really just had the topic before we got here and so we'll see where this goes because there's there is plenty to say about both of these topics and we've got to limit it to 20 minutes or so so we'll do the best we can i'm sure Um, as far as love goes cultural love or or secular love surely it has something just to do with what i'm attracted to naturally what i what i personally desire what i personally um want to accept or value as a as a person that's that's outside of christ that's simply born in adam and and hasn't yet come to to know christ so so love is in that regard something that i determine something that i perhaps is self-determined on an outworking of my own self desire or self-attraction to something else. Would that yeah. be a would that yeah. be a decent secular way of looking at it? What do you think? Yeah, and I think love is something that brings us good feelings, right? It's something that sure. that satisfies some desire and makes us feel good. Right, feel good about ourselves in maybe maybe physically or or emotionally or mentally builds our ego, makes us feel special, wanted, desired. Right. Um, whatever that might mean. Yes. I think that's true. Right. And I, I think mm-hmm. not that those elements are not present in true biblical love, mm-hmm. but that's not nearly a full definition of what love looks like in Scripture. No. First thing I think about, too, when I think about that is that type of love is a love that uses other things for my own purposes. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a re- if in thinking in a Christian term, it's a repurposing of what God has designed and what he created. So so I'm simply looking outward for myself with my own definition and grabbing things and using them. And whether it's relational love or romantic love or, or even, even just a love for something inanimate, um, I'm, I'm using that in a way that God didn't intend it to be used for in, in through creation and yeah. redemption. But I, and I love that you brought that point up 
early in the conversation, right? This idea about that that love from our perspective, from a secular perspective, is all about what do I gain in this? Yes. And and we can talk a lot about no, no, no. I I love you. And there's the the Jerry Maguire movie quote for those that are old like us. You know, the will you complete me? Right. right. And right. there's there's this aspect. That, no, no, no. I do know what full love is. I do know. Except we don't. Right. Well, we don't from a human perspective, we have we get glimpses of what true love looks like. Um, sure. But without understanding a, a biblical background, without Christ, without having God involved, it becomes really hard to know that. And so love does become a, a usage. And once I no longer have once I'm no longer benefiting. Right. The, right. That's why so many relationships die. That's why so many marriages end in divorce. That's why is because we have this. I'm no longer benefiting from this love. So therefore, I must not be in love anymore, and the love has died. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. So we're, we're using it improperly, and we're, we're abusing it, and it doesn't point in the right direction. It points really to us instead of pointing to God. So it's, a, it's really a, it's a cheap way of understanding love and how it's to be used. Um, it, you know, it's something that benefits me, but... But there's other things that benefit me that I don't get this gratification of immediately. So I, I think of love in a secular sense as an immediate gratification kind of a thing, or yeah. very close to immediate. Even if you think of immediate as just in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, so right. so even even it's that kind of a thing. Nothing that goes beyond that, really. Right. Yep. Yeah, and I think even expanding beyond our, our normal thoughts about being in a relationship, or we think about loving as being kind to somebody else, or being, right, right that I'm, and, and again, not that love is not kind right we understand that it is but that's a that's an aspect mm -hmm. and so we talk about the things what we've been talking about with the protests and, and the the differences which which we may get into later but around the the covid and how do we handle ourselves and this aspect of of love means that i just need to be nice to people or that people need to agree with me or i need to agree with them and therefore that's loving and if i disagree with you steve I no longer must love you, or I'm not being loving towards you. And I think, again, that assumes that love is just this kind of one-dimensional, good feeling, I'm gaining something from it, and we miss the fullness. Even if I'm being nice to someone else, it's really, it's really an offshoot of what I'm trying to get for myself anyway. So, so, so there's, it, all, it all resides on this level and doesn't re reside on the vertical level. So, so I might be nice to someone, and they think that's, that's loving, but, but, but I'm getting something in return, even if it's accolades, or, or maybe I'm getting something, maybe it's just an exchange and a trade-off that's, that's yeah. beneficial to me, yeah. and I'm willing to do that. But even so, because it's all on this horizontal level, it's, it's, it's a defective view of love. It's temporary. It's, it's failed. Um, it's um, it's um, in some ways, so here's a, here's a quote for you from one of my yeah. favorite guys, in some ways predatory. So here's, here's a quote from one of my favorite guys, Ray Ortland. Mm -hmm. So I brought a, brought a few things with me to this little conversation. Mm -hmm. here's, here's his quote. All relationships are either Christ-like or predatory. And just because Christians are involved doesn't make it a doesn't make a relationship Christ-like. It's the selflessness of Christ, the love that bears his cross. Only that love lifts us above predatory devouring of one another. 
So I like that quote quite a bit because on the horizontal level, that's what's happening. There's devouring going on, eating and eating and gathering and keeping for myself, and it's not a not a good scene at all. Right. So we have to have that Christ-like love yeah. for it not to be predatory. Yeah. Well, and that's um, you talk about um, predatory, and I think the other word he used was devouring. Or yes. Maybe, right. I mean, these are are graphic terms, right? And it goes back to we talked a, a few times ago about uh, depravity. We don't like words like that, right? No. You can't tell me my love's predatory, Steve, right? No, no, I really do love people. I I care about them. I care. Like, I do love people. I'm not a believer, but yet I know what love is. Don't tell me I don't know what love is. I'm not predatory. I'm not devouring. Love is love. Right. 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 You you can't you can't tell me who to love. You can't tell me how to love. You can't tell me what love looks like, because if you do that, you're not being loving. Right. That's the, that's a huge challenge. So so from a from a Christian point of view, the the love is defined not by us but by God, and so that love is permanent. That love is true. That love is forever. And that love that love is perfect. So we got to figure out what that is and look outside of ourselves to what God has told us about love. And and ultimately, of course, the statement God is love is is the big the big word. Yeah, we we didn't practice this, but that's exactly like First John chapter four, right? Where, where he's talking about God is love, and then he he, mm-hmm. he talks about um, this great imagery of what that love looks like expressed out among people, and that if if we don't understand who God is, then we don't know what love is. And then right. he ends with this. Uh, John ends with this statement about the fact that the the love of God is made complete in us, and so we will never understand what love is, what true love, what biblical love is, without having God in the picture. Mm-hmm. We're never going to understand who God is unless we're reconciled to Him. Right. That's never going to happen without Christ. And so we will never, if we don't have Christ, if we don't have that vision of who He is, we're never going to see who God is. We're never going to understand what love is. And so we exist in this imperfect world, and we never actually get to experience true love correct and i think that's a that's a shame right it's 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 a shame and a tragedy so mm-hmm. so for a believer they have experienced that true love mm-hmm. and and in while we are enemies of god he saves us anyway so not only have we have we sinned um, we've we've rebelled against god we've gone our own way and we've diminished his glory we've we've pushed it back, pushed it down, tried everything we can to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, he loves us anyway, even though we're, even though we're enemies. Yeah. And that's, that's, an, that's our first indication of what real love is. Once that's realized and God overcomes right. that resistance in our, in our souls and our hearts so that we can be reconciled to him. And we've got our first glimpse of true love at that point. Right. And then, so we say that God is love. Mm-hmm. Right, and and I think sometimes we get it backwards, where we think that love is God in some way. Like if I if I can love, if I can understand what it's right, if I sure. if I can experience love, or at least my my worldly version of that, then you know I'm closer to God. Exactly right, mm-hmm. and so I, again, I think we diminish who God is by clearly just diminishing our view of love and then defining Him in that sense. But when He says that God is love, we know a lot about God. And if we say that God is love, I think understanding his attributes helps us to understand what love looks like. Right. So I think just defining who God is. I think that's, that's, a, big, that's a big thing. I, I wonder, and here's a question for you um, that I don't, know, I don't know if I know the answer to, so yeah. let's see if we can think well, about it. Well, I surely don't. Well, I don't, no, that's not true. So, so God, God is love, but yet he's also justice and mercy and all these other things. Are, are, there, are there some attributes of God that permeate all the others? 
Yeah. How does how does how does that work? Yeah. Well, I think, and that's what I'd love to talk about because you're you're exactly where my head is. Is that if God is love? Yes. But God is just. Yes. And if God is holy, yes. and if we have all these God ises, right? So mm-hmm. God is all of these things. Right. They can't compete with each other. Right. Right. I mean, they just have to be true. And so if that's if that's transcendentally true, right? That God is love and that God is just and and how do we fit all how do we get a better vision of love by understanding what justice is and by understanding what what holiness is and by understanding mercy and compassion and grace and so many of these other attributes. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what starts to build out a, a great understanding of of love. Well I think so too. And so we have to think of we got to keep zooming in and zooming out. If I I zoom back out and see a bigger picture, I I can see that God is not just, not mainly justice toward me. Mm -hmm. So if if I've been reconciled to him, he is not mainly justice toward me. He's mainly love toward me. But justice is there too. And justice is super important. I mean, critically important. Um, Yet for others that don't come to know God. Is he more justice than love? He's loving to them as well, but right. justice is going to reign in that. Um, but God also serves himself in love, mainly. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it seems like God, God is God, and he's going to take care of God first because all of his attributes are perfect. He's this perfect combination of them, and he brings us into that. And, and so, so we're served mainly by God being love more than he's just, I yeah. suppose. Is that a, well, is that is that is yeah. that not heretical to say that? I don't I don't I don't think we've reached there yet. Yeah, Good. no, I'm I think glad, we're going, right. it, I mean, short lived <laughs> right. podcast. Right. Here. Ashley shut it off. Yeah. yeah. We're, right. <laughs> right. But we're I, but I think as we look at this understanding of of love and justice and I that's one of the things that I'd really love to frame up because I think as we talk about um God is love and God is kind. Yes. I can okay. deal with that, right? Sure. They seem like almost synonyms, right? And uh, yeah. the different aspects of compassionate, and that's kind of how we describe ourselves towards our spouses or towards those we those we love here on this earth. We describe ourselves in those kind of good terms. Yeah. But we wouldn't necessarily say that, how do you love your wife? I love my wife by being just. I love my wife right. by bringing justice into my house. Yes. Like, well, that does now you sound not like a great husband, right? Right. right. But that doesn't mean I'm always affirming of my wife all the time. That that, that doesn't mean that's happening either. So right. there is there is some element of um, rebuke is probably pretty strong. My wife wouldn't yeah, like me right. saying that. But but I get. I mean, we we yeah. all get that in certain ways and yes. different levels, right? right. We, we get we get right. rebuked or we get encouraged or we get disciplined. Yep. Um, comes through other people. Hopefully, God's a source of that for us. Yep. And and we're all yep. chastised in different ways. Well, and that that's loving. That's what I was going to ask. Could God be loving without justice and and forms of rebuke and discipline? And I don't, it just can't be. It just right. it just doesn't work that way. I can even think of my children, or we can think of friendships and things like that. It doesn't doesn't work. True friendship is not always affirming in everything that we do. I'm I'm looking for, and I know you are too, looking for people that'll speak into my life to to help me be more Christ-like. That that Christ is working it. The ultimate way to think about it in my mind is Christ is working in their life to purify my life. Yes, <clears throat> and, yes. and to help me there. So. Right. Well, and it, I mean, th- that's clearly why he brings us into relationship with people. Right. Is right. is to bring us into this greater relationship with him. Right. He cares about he cares about you and and my relationship. 
Yes. But he cares about it from the standpoint that it should bring us both individually closer to him. Mm-hmm. And, and all of those things from that perspective, I think, help us to understand that, yeah, you, God is a jealous God, and God is loving. He's, he's, he's at the very core, you might disagree with this word, but at the very core, he's an egoist, right? He is, well, he is fully consumed in himself. I, I do agree with that. I, yeah. And he should be. And, right. should, should, should he be impressed by anything else other than himself? Right. How could it be? He, that, that he, he seems to be hap- God. He would. The other thing would be God. Right. Right, if it was a right. little thing. And so it, so you, some people don't aren't comfortable with those thoughts, but I don't want to serve a God who's not. Right. right. So you've got this God who loves himself. You've got this God who desires to bring his holiness, which is out. His holiness is where love comes from. His holiness is where justice comes from. All of these things pouring out from the same place. Mm-hmm. But he loves us by disciplining us and telling us what we're doing right. wrong through conviction and through ways that he's bringing us to him. Right. If we take a human level, even mm-hmm. if we, I think we can see the truth in that, even in a human level. So, so I was reading an article. Um, it was about you know relationships on a, on a on a horizontal plane. And here's some quotes from this article. So I mm-hmm. I did a little homework this time since yeah, I knew we were going to talk about. It. So like it. so so here's a couple of quotes and just see if they if they ring true mm-hmm. with God as well. Now this is from a human level, so it's not a God mm-hmm. level, but I, again I think there's an element of truth there. Um, Here's a quote. My best and oldest friends are those who tell me no. <laughs> right? right? So so yeah. in my experience, these are people yeah. that say, you know what, Steve? That is not the way to do it. I'm really looking for those kind of people in mm-hmm. my life to do that in a way, well, hopefully that I can accept it if they give it to me. But to give yeah. it give it to me in, hum- in a humble way that's changing and that I can yep. consider that as something that may be true and that needs to needs to change. And every time those great old friends tell you no, do you immediately respond with, Oh, that felt so good. Oh no, yeah, and nor nor would I respond. Get away from me! You're no longer my friend. Right, right. This because this is someone that's trying to be helpful to me because yes. they, they they can yeah. see they can see beyond who I am and and they want to see me changed. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another. There's like five of these. Mm-hmm. My truest and most lasting friendships are loving rather than affirming. Mm-hmm. There's a difference in those see, terms. Yes, and I. I want to pause you there because that word affirming is such a key word in our society today right we we need to be affirming of everybody else's desires you talked about it briefly a little bit this idea of love and don't tell me who to love and love is love and is it is it loving can you be both affirming of scripture in saying that uh, a relationship between a man and a woman is how god designed love and how how he's designed intimacy and how he's designed marriage can you state that and your love for Scripture and your love for God and also be loving to the people who you are not affirming? Right, right. So so our society right now, right now in particular, but it's been mm-hmm. doing this for a long time, every individual is is, is his own king, right? Mm-hmm. So, so we're all... Everyone deserves affirmation as to who they think they are, and so there's there's just it's just a muddled mess, right. and and it's a, it's a disaster and it's a confusion where yes. God has an ordered world that He's right. put together. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And we we need to do a I believe as Christians as believers we need to do a far better job of showing love mm-hmm. in the middle of speaking truth mm-hmm. instead of just trying to prove our point. Yes, that's a, that's a, that's a super important thing, and we need to be able to take it. Yes. Right. We need to be able not thin. Right. We need to have not thin right. skin, thick skin, yes. to be able right. to take that. And there's ways we can do right. that. We've um, only we've only got time for one more. That's okay. Um, right. Boy, I don't know which one to read. Know, there's so many good ones. Um, how how about this? Um, the friends who seek to save me from myself, even when I resent and resistant resist it, are the friends I know to be true. 
saving be for myself because I need right. saving for myself. Yes. Now we I, we can take that on the horizontal level, but God saves me from myself on the vertical level. He does so that I don't self. Well, I am self-destructed already, and right. He rebuilds that out of the ashes. Yes. Yes. And I think how do we begin to order? our thought process, not around a worldly perspective of love, but around a godly perspective of love that does not seek self, yeah. that that desires to do what is right by other people while still doing what's right by God's great framework, mm-hmm. and that we can we can affirm, we, we must affirm God first, yep. and then how do we bring that lovingly to other people? Yep. I think that I know we're probably way out of time, but we've talked about one of the big topics of the day is the idea of, do I wear a mask or do I not wear a mask? Yeah. And how does that play out? I mean, there are massive debates, and all you really get is anger from one side or another. And I'm, I'm, I don't like wearing a mask, but I'm pretty passive about the thought behind it. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm more of a, I see a sign on the door that says, no shirt, no shoes, no service. I don't get upset, right? I walk in. That's super funny that you mentioned that because I've used that exact example myself. That the proprietor has determined that if I don't wear my pants, yeah, I, <laughs> I can't come in. I'm, and, and I might get arrested too. Right, <laughs> right. But, but but I don't complain. No, never. Right. No, no, I don't. So that that's pretty that's pretty challenging. I mean, I think what we have is is in that situation where people are putting out there. Well, kind of putting it out there that I'm a mask wearer or that I'm not a mask wearer, yes. and it kind of goes both ways. And everyone has their justification as to why wearing a mask is, doesn't make any sense because it really doesn't do any good. Or, or wearing a mask is required because people are going to definitely get sick if you don't wear a mask. Yes. That's, that's all really yeah. challenging. One of the things that I find distressing is Christians these days guarding their rights. Yes. So, so that's, that's really challenging me. That, that seems like not a good way to go. Um, I think in, in really in the more stronger terms, Christians should be guarding the rights of others or actually trying to present a loving relationship to others. Um, what I think of when I think of that is going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, is it, where we're the offering of meat to oh, idols. Yes. Right? So that, that's a picture of love. Mm-hmm. That's a picture of loving someone else. Yes. And, and so there's, there's, I mean, every right in the world to eat that meat, eat that, eat yes. that food got every right to do it. Um, and in fact, it might be harmful not to do it. Maybe I'm hungry and need the nourishment, whatever it might be. Um, but yet we give up those rights for, for others so that they might know Christ, they might know the love right. of Christ, as we've been talking, and be yes. changed by that love. So, so what distresses me is, is anger and upsetness, political parties, posturing. We've got this posture, posturing of, well, I'm not going to wear a mask because it, it shows fear and it's not effective. And all those arguments, they might be fine in certain circumstances, but that's not the main argument to me. The main argument is love. Or I'm going to wear these masks and everybody else in the whole wide world better wear it too, right. or, they're, or they're bad, mean people. Yes. And, and really, that's not a loving contribution right. either. So right. I think it's difficult to be in the middle because I'm like you. I'm uncomfortable wearing a mask. It's not right. a fun thing. No. I want to be expressive. I want people to see me yes. speak and hear me you clearly. Somebody's eyes. Right. right. It's, guessing just, it's so hard. Yes. Sometimes, is that really the guy I think it is? So that's really, really difficult. So, but these, you know, in the middle of all that, assessing the circumstance that I'm in and understanding the crowd that I'm in and will I be offensive for wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. Yeah. I want, if, if there's going to be an offense, the offense is already drawn by Christ. He's, yes. If it's some other offense that's keeping people from Christ, then we need to be looking at it pretty hard as to get rid of those other offenses to present the true cross, the true Christ. And, and if there's an offense there, 
um, let it be. Yes. It's, it's okay. It's the way God yep. designed it. Well, and to wrap it all up, right, sure. the, the, the topic about love is driven by worldly says it's about self, and it's, I love the quote, that it's predatory. Yeah. Biblically, scripturally, God's truth says love is seeking out others, seeking Him first, seeking Him through Christ, and then bringing that to other people. And I think your your point is well taken that that if Christ was worried about him, himself, then love would be defined by his anger at the cross, right? Yeah. That crosses are bad, and you should never use one, And but he took right. it on for us. Right. And so how, how do we be most loving towards other people? How do we make sure that we're not being defined by what we think? Right. Can I do one more thing? I know we're long. Yeah, no, um, it's J.I. J. Packer passed away this week, as mm-hmm. you probably mm-hmm. have yes. heard. And I was looking at it on the Gospel Coalition website, mm-hmm. 40 quotes from J.I. Packer. And so here's something to remember for ourselves about God loving us. Uh, here's one of the 40 quotes they had. There is tremendous relief in knowing his love to me is utterly realistic, based at every point on prior knowledge of the worst about me, so that no discovery can disillusion him about me. He knows the worst about me. He knows everything that I'm, I've done, I'm going to do, and he loves me anyway. And that's an example for us, even as we wear masks, as we go to work, or not wear masks, or whatever we're doing, um, to operate out of a loving conscious conscience rather than a selfishness or a political party position uh, or whatever it yes. might be. We are aligned. I have nothing to add to that that's great awesome. quote to end on. All right, thanks, Steve. Thank you, Adam. Yep.